Hey everybody, uh, welcome to another edition of Wrestling with COVID, where we talk about everything going on in our world with COVID, and, well, for this one, probably not so much wrestling to talk about. Uh, joining... I think this is like an emergency. It is an emergency one, yeah. I definitely <laughs> emergency episode. 350, well, well, yeah, like 350 in the afternoon on, um... December 20th. Monday. Yep. Uh, December 20th, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm, I'm no, still okay. riled up, which we'll get to. Josiah is here, too. How are you doing, Josiah? <laughs> I am doing all right, all things considered. Uh, I have uh, quite a story to tell about how the COVID situation has changed for me for a variety of reasons here in uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we'll jump into that in a little bit. Now, I will say this, is that it is, like Bill so there's not going to be any wrestling news here. Although I am now expecting in the next coming days a possible look into a Thunderdome slash uh, Jacksonville couple of weeks being run by both of the, those companies. Um, no, so the big news here is Omicron's here, the variant. Uh, New York, I'm out of you know New Jersey, but I work in New York. We're getting hit hard. Uh, Bill, out of Maryland, you're getting hit hard as as well or no? I'm g- g- getting hit hard. Okay, and basically, yeah, this is this is it's feeling a lot like March of 2020 in terms of the panic that seems to be out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, okay, and what about you, Josiah? How about you? Why don't we go well, to your story? Let's let's just do let's that. start with let's start with my story. Past a little bit, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it, it kind of it's actually relevant to the the COVID discussion because I don't live in New Brunswick anymore. Uh, I it was at the end of the last one that we did in September. I was like, I might be getting a job and moving elsewhere soon, and uh, I did. I got the job. Uh, I am a pastor of a church in Ottawa, Ontario, now the capital of Canada, and uh, I got here three weeks ago. Um, so I moved, you know, halfway across the country. And I'm actually in the Eastern time zone now, so we're all actually on the same time zone. Um, and Ontario was uh, – it's it's been up and down throughout the pandemic. Uh, at its peak, they were doing like 3,000 cases a day or maybe 5,000, something like that. Uh, and then uh, when I got here in early December, it was probably 600, 700 cases a day. And in the uh, the three weeks since I moved here, um, Omicron has hit, and we're starting to see cases go up at a ridiculous rate, like just so fast. Uh, yesterday, we did 4,100 cases in one day. Literally, a week before that, we were doing 700. And so that's a pretty exponential increase. Um, and every day now we're, we're guaranteed pretty much over 3,500 cases a day. I think today we are at 3,784 for, for that. Um, thankfully not a lot of people in ICU or hospitalized, but, uh, we have about, uh, 300 ICU beds in the province that are ready to go. Uh, and they have about another 300 they can add as makeshift ICU beds. 
Um, so 600 total for the province, and we're at 164 in ICU right now, which is actually very high. And the problem is that it's concentrated in certain areas, so some hospitals are far more overwhelmed than others. And uh, it's turning into a bit of a mess here. Uh, Canada is considering some stronger restrictions. I know Bill said he had some news about Canada in a, in a, a minute ago. Um, so I actually don't know what that is, but he has it. Yeah. Um, right, this... Delta, what's going on in Canada? Okay. So <clears throat> this was posted on PW Insider just like 20, 30 minutes ago. The Quebec government in Canada officially ordered a shutdown as of 5 p.m. local time tonight due to the new COVID-19 variant surge. The shutdown wow. includes the shuttering of all concert venues and all professional sports must be played without spectators. Uh, WWE w was supposed or is supposed to have a house show in Lavelle, Quebec, on December thirtieth. Uh, right now, it is not sure if that is going to happen, and the Lavelle Rocket hockey team is still scheduled to have a game played on Friday with no fans in attendance. Okay, so that's actually big news because... Um, so there, there's a lot of things in play happening here. Um, the government response in Canada has been shaky per province. So <clears throat> and in New Brunswick, my old province, is basically trying to trying to do a lockdown without doing a lockdown. They're trying to keep all the businesses open, but keep people at home and it isn't working because everyone just goes out and meets at the businesses. Like they go to a restaurant together instead of just meeting in their home. Um, and so it really, really the solution is to close all non-essential businesses and uh, keep them closed for like three to four weeks and just have roadside pickup service like we did early in the pandemic and also appeal to the federal government for aid for any business that can't keep their payroll to, to cover it. And uh, the government would eventually pass it because they know they have to, um, the, to pass the aid. Um, Quebec uh, actually made a... a petition to the federal government to have aid so that they can shut down. Um, Ontario has joined Quebec in that petition, but they have not shut anything down yet. They've just limited uh, gatherings to 10 people or less for indoors, 25 or less outdoors, mm -hmm. and all sporting venues and events like that are 50% capacity. So even re religious venues are 50% capacity. Um, and I, I personally, I, I know for my own church uh, that I pastor and other churches in the area, they'll actually go in above and beyond. They'll probably put it down to like 30. Um, but yeah, the, it's, a it, it's, it's better than nothing. The, the, what Ontario is doing, but it still feels like, uh, half measures in some ways. Um, because there's still no restriction on who you can go to have a restaurant or anything like that. Uh, and they're saying for Christmas gatherings they, that families should meet in, in less groups less than 10. Um, 
that is a mandate now. So that's what they're enforcing. But uh, it's it's not it's not as strong as it should be in terms of businesses, and probably a little bit too strong on personal gatherings. But um, that said, uh, the situation is pretty dire right now in in my part of Canada. Uh, we're we're seeing cases go up exponentially. Before the end of the year, we're probably going to be hitting five over five thousand a day. Uh, and remember too, with the cases, the infections come from two weeks ago. So we're probably not even seeing the peak of the infections. So people ignore the orders and meet in, in larger quantities of people, uh, for Christmas. By the time new year's roll rolls around, we're going to start seeing a lot more cases. And uh, there's a very real chance before the end of January, we're hitting over 10,000 cases a day. Mm. And, you know, that's something, you know, you're saying the timeline of Christmas and, you know, New Year's right around the corner. I know that's a big thing right now that they're weighing in is if they have New Year's Eve at Times Square, that's circling around. So that's going to be mm. interesting. Bill, what about you? What's going on with you down there in Maryland other than your – what happens to your governor now? Do you have a, 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 the lieutenant governor takes over? Yeah, we do have a lieutenant governor. Um, I imagine he's going to – take over for now but the go governor hogan said that he was okay i don't know at this point i'm just ready for him to get out of the office in a year or so <laughs> anyway um well you know something brother i'm okay Jack. <laughs> no uh, um, see, you should have said not, something not that hogan you should have no, said that, that voice negative <sighs> sorry um you know what? I'm not going to make fun of Hogan because I feel like he's gone through a lot, actually. So I've, I'm not um, even going to make a joke about him right now. I, I first noticed there was a little bit of like numbers going up maybe about a week and a half, two weeks ago when I was reading that, you know, hospital beds were starting to get full again. And um, they... You know, it, it was like a slowly moving kind of thing. Like, it was kind of creeping along. And the county that I'm in, and the county that I work for, we had a major outbreak of cases, especially in schools and uh, going into quarantine. Three schools ended up going to be closed down and doing virtual learning. And then with the school I'm at, I can tell you from firsthand experience, we had eight classes go into quarantine last week. And the big day was Tuesday where five classes went in the quarantine. So we were kind of past the number of class, I think it's some weird rule because I feel like they keep changing it because at first they said before the school year started, there has to be at least three classes in your school to shut down, you know, your school to be good to go into quarantine to do, to do, do virtual learning. Then I guess they, you know, kept changing the numbers as they went. So, this week, 
we had eight, or this past week, we had eight classes that went in the quarantine. And then other schools had people, you know, being sick, and then they eventually um, went to the point where the CEO of the school for the county said, we're going to virtual learning. We're going back to virtual learning. And today was the first day for us being in virtual learning. And the kid. so what happened was the teachers went into the building to teach. So we couldn't, you know, we didn't stay home. Unless our class was in quarantine, which it isn't. Um, then Governor Hogan, who and I, and I don't think I talked about this earlier in the year when we were doing this. He threatened every school, like every county, that if you did not go back to school you were going to be sued by the state. Like, he threatened <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every county. Like, if you I just guys... don't understand. And I... Go ahead. That's immoral. Well, I was just going to say, hey, this goes back to things I've kind of been harping on since the very beginning, I, and it's still happening today. I, I do not understand this country's obsession with having kids in school as opposed to a virtual learning thing we've lost probably so much money on things going back and forth between all the school systems i don't and even today i'll even go back to it today um before i get into my stuff in depth but mm-hmm. i was watching um governor hocho i believe that's her name she took over from governor cuomo of new york right um after his um whatever what was going on over there and one thing that she made clear was that the schools will be open. And I'm like, why do we, why are we so obsessed with that? And I still don't know if I really have an answer. Cause I, to me, I'll never, I'll never think that it's the kids because to me, I'm always like, if I was a kid and I was told to stay home, I would be thrilled. Right. Like it would be amazing. I think it would be the greatest thing. Not to mention that this is a kid in in the in 2021 that has technology that you can t- talk and see your friends exactly over a video. You have Netflix and Disney Plus, HBO Max streaming services. It's way different than if it was in the 1970s. And I just don't. I never take it like the kid is actually affected by this. I, I can, never do. I can say a reason. I'm not going to say the reason because okay. I, I think there's a little more than meets the eye. Transformers. Um, because there were quote unquote studies, and I put that in quotes, saying that the kids lost like a little bit of you know, what they were learning during, you know, virtual learning and all of that. And it was like, oh, we got to blame the teachers. We got to, you know, and, and I, I, I disagree with that because I can. And of course, where, what field I work in is obviously different from, you know, a, a, another field of education. But 
with my children, with my students last year, I was seeing improvement in them. Like, I was seeing it. Just because, you know, there are these studies that say, oh, you know, children went down, blah, 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 percent. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all across the board. There are some, you know, that they won't say or won't show that, you know, did a lot better than other kids. And they're not going to mention the good. They're going to mention the bad. That's what Listen. the media does is they want to mention the bad, 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 bad. Right. And with with uh, with that, I think I actually have a, a possible explanation for it uh, because I I think our our government has been a little bit more honest about those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, first first with the kids and uh, versus in person versus virtual. Uh, part of the thing is that they wanted to. It's easier to socialize in person than it is. Uh, it's it's healthier to socialize in person than it is over. Like like this, oh, um, but 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 that said, um, I find a lot of these places use kids as an excuse rather than yeah uh, tell you what the real reason is, and and everything is said there too. Maybe there is a slight decline, or maybe there's an increase for others. Different kids are going to respond to different things. Mm-hmm. Like some kids will thrive in the virtual environment and do yeah. great. Uh, it, it's just like how when I, I did my master's degree, both of them, two of my master's, uh, from a virtual environment for most of it, and I did fine. Uh, not only did I do, do fine, I did better. Um, and uh, not, uh, not that I, I didn't enjoy in-person, in-classroom stuff. I did, and for the few classes that I did have with that, I really enjoyed as well. But uh, part of it is... Uh, some kids are just going to do better in that kind of environment. Like o- online classes is aren't for everyone. Um, it's different learning styles, different for different kids, and it's hard to when you do, when they do these studies, they're probably just looking at like at most one school, maybe two, and it's hard to broad brush and apply it all across the nation like that uh, without a thorough sociological study done. And that is not something that's going to be done very quickly. That takes years of research. Yeah. So I, I think the real data on, on the harm of virtual classrooms is probably going to come out post-pandemic years from now. Yeah. But um, as far as the real reason, this is honest to God what I think it is. Um, when kids have to stay at home and learn, it means a parent has to stay at home with them. Ding, ding, ding. And they don't, and they don't want parents taking time off work. There you go. Uh, and because that will hurt the economy, and that's I think the primary reason behind why they don't close schools. And now in um, here in Canada, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. I'm originally from Nova Scotia, moved from New Brunswick, lived in New Brunswick for the last 17 years, and now I'm in Ontario. Uh, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick already canceled classes leading into Christmas and said we're going virtual uh, indefinitely. We like uh, New Brunswick is assessing it. Nova Scotia is virtual into January. Uh, New Brunswick is we canceled all our classes. Uh, it was only two weeks left. Who cares? And we'll reassess in January to see where we're at. That's what New Brunswick is. Uh, Ontario, however, said we're keeping schools open. Because they've refused to return to virtual learning, mm-hmm. and we have uh, it just it's frustrating because 
like even here already, I've only been here three weeks and I've already met kids in my church and I'm like, they're in danger every day going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's like, yeah. They'll well, the ones that are unvaccinated, there are probably, there's only a yeah. small group of kids that, what is it, from age, basically five and lower are can't get the vaccine? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. And, okay. and so, and really in our schools, it's only going to be five and up anyways, for most of us. Uh, some four-year-olds start here in Canada, but, um, but yeah, like, uh, right now on the, on the upside, uh, Ontarians age five and older, uh, who are fully vaccinated in 2021 are 81.1%. Um, and they're rolling out booster doses to everyone, uh, 18 and up right now like uh actually i uh i I may try to schedule mine later today if i can't do it today i'm going to try to schedule tomorrow but um like they're rolling out booster shots to everyone and all that kind of stuff so so as far as it goes for schools in canada they are actually doing a good job keeping the kids safe for the most part but when you look at where the outbreaks are primarily happening especially with unvaccinated folks it was for kids in school 11 and under until the vaccine rolled out for them. And uh, it's going to be in places of business like a Walmart or a Costco or those kinds of things that are always really busy. And uh, I mean, there's no reason to not let the kids go home for virtual learning for a little while. It's not going to hurt them. Uh, and we're, we're talking like four to six weeks. We're not We're not talking like eight months or something like that, at least here anyways. And, you know, kind of to add on to that, um, uh, just in general, like I know we found out a few weeks ago before everything got worse that virtual learning for the first semester was supposed to end. Well, as of right now, it's still supposed to end at the end of January. Because that's when the end of the first or the second quarter is, but after this, sure, and then announcing, okay, you're going to do virtual learning this week, and then after the break, you're going to do it for two weeks, and then you're going to come back to in person, um, the day after Martin Luther King Day, which is I think the seventeenth or eighteenth, um. I really don't know. And then I got this number. The statewide positivity rate in Maryland has almost doubled in two weeks. Mm-hmm. On December 3rd, it was at 5.43%. Today, it is at 10.27%. Oh, my that is gosh. In two weeks. And then... Um, the governor, like like we said, he tested positive for COVID, and then the mayor of D.C. said that they're going into a state of emergency starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. None of the other counties that I know of are doing virtual learning at this time, although I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if things keep getting worse and they go into the new year that everyone decides we're going to go back to virtual learning, even if the governor, you know, disagrees with it. And if the head, you know, school 
person for the state disagrees with it. But I think they're looking, you know, one way and we're all looking at this is getting real. This shit is getting real right now. Yeah. um, Talking about the positivity rate. um, Yesterday, I was looking at it. We were 8.1 positivity rate of the people to test it. Today, we're at 9.7. That's one day. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do me a favor? Because I, I, I'm having trouble looking things up on the computer right now. Okay. Because I know that New York was in a bad way, obviously, and to lead into my story, can you find me the last three days of New York's increasing cases? Okay. So I'll give you some time there. Um, so in the meantime, for me, I ha- first off, I had a great cruise. And I say this because... <laughs> Because that cruise was on December 5th, which I believe was a, a Sunday. Yes, to December 12th. So I'm still kind of fresh off on it. And before I left the, for the cruise, it was like a Omnicron's around, but not really yet, if that makes any sense. So the cruise, I'm not going to say all about it, but they had... All the, uh, I think all the adults were vaccinated, and I think that's how this was working. But there were some kids on there that I guess that weren't. Um, the, the ship capacity was, I think, at 60%. I okay. believe the total amount of people that could be on the ship were 4,000, around about. So I don't know how much that, that would be. Someone can get a calculator and figure that out. And that's how many people I was on a ship for for a week. And we all had to get a, a test before going on the ship within 48 hours. So I can tell you right now that I did get a test today and I came back negative. So I don't have COVID. I just had a cold today and this weekend. But furthermore, it also shows that that ship was very, very safe. Apparently, I didn't get anything from it. Whereas now I heard that another Royal Caribbean cruise line yeah, I did see Came back that. with like 46 people. Because at first I got scared. I thought it was mine. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did see that. Um, and then I'm like, oh, no, that's not that's not mine. Uh, um, so my point is, is that you – sometimes something might not look safe, but it actually really was. And as far as masking on there goes, you want to mask yourselves – from when you go to venue to venue and me being a late night bar person and dancer, uh, I mean, I was out at like two and 3 AM in the morning. So drinking and not many people around to really re- reinforce that at 3 AM in the morning mm-hmm. on the ship. Uh, uh, but I did get sick a little bit on a Friday, Friday. I was feeling like, I don't know, something was up about 6 o'clock on Friday. And uh, I took to Advil and was like, all right, I feel okay. I'm going to still go out tonight. So then Saturday rolls around. I still don't feel great, but now I'm thinking it's a hangover at that point. So I'm not really thinking much of it. Sunday rolls around, and in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, I still don't feel good. And then I get a call and find out one of my cousins uh who was i was on the cruise by myself uh, they weren't okay. on the cruise with me to be clear um 
they tested positive for COVID. And she didn't really do that much. Not like she was in, you know, some giant party where everyone was crammed together or whatnot. So those were the last three days. Bill, can you now recount to me the three days in New York? Do you have that information? Well, I found the last seven. So. Okay, we, that, that works too, because that'll okay. work for, the, this would pretty much be the day I came back from the cruise. Okay, so this is a daily average. Okay. Daily average, last seven days in New York City, 5,570 confirmed cases, with another 1,674 probable cases. Uh, they're averaging at least 82 hospitalizations a day. And oh, that's brutal. And the only bright side here is confirmed deaths where it's decreasing uh, nine a day as a daily average. Yeah, I, I, I would guess that's because of uh, most of the people are vaccinated. So, mm-hmm. uh, Thankfully, that's why deaths would go down, uh, because even though even if you get it and have to be hospitalized, the chances of dying are much, much less if you're vaccinated. Yeah. So, yeah, as you could tell, you got... no, I was going to say, like, one of the things I know in, in New York that has been or that was affected was Saturday Night Live. And yes. it was their big Christmas show and me and one of my best friends, she and I, we were, you know, we were talking about it all week cause it was, and they were doing a good job hyping it because Paul Rudd was, was going to be the host and they were making a big deal of it because it was his fifth time hosting. And if you host five times, you join the five timers club. The day of the show they posted on their Instagram and probably on their Twitter as well, but I saw it on Instagram first that no one was going to be allowed at the venue. Uh, they sent most of everybody home except for very few people. And the show was pre recorded. So it wasn't even live, it was like taped live right so they did they did they did live to tape yeah live to tape so going just going back to what I, I was saying before with New York so today again Monday it, I woke up and I still didn't feel great and I'm like you know what I'm not gonna risk it I'm I called called in and was like look I haven't felt good throughout the weekend. It's nothing major, but what if it does wind up being something major and maybe I could catch it early just in case, just so I don't have a repeat of what happened in March of 2020, which we've gone over way in depth mm-hmm. uh, on like probably episode one and two about my struggles with that. So I went and, and here's the big problem here. And this is where now you're going to, cause everyone, I, I hate that, that, or the, the government's answer seems to be around here is get tested, get tested, get tested. But that's harder than they make it sound. So originally on Sunday afternoon, I was like, after I talked to my 
us in about her getting COVID and having to quarantine or whatnot. I said, you know what? Maybe I should just check it out this afternoon. So I go to my local place, um, like a, you know, like a, um, a, a fast clinic, I guess they call it. I don't, yeah. I don't know the exact name. Like, so I go there. I walk to the door. The door sign. This is at about 3.30 on Sunday afternoon. There are no more COVID tests available. Wow. I was like, all right, I guess I don't even go in there. So then I went to my local Rite Aid. And because it said, according to the list, that, hey, we have COVID testing. So I go in there. I'm like, hey, I wanted to get a COVID test. They say to me, all right, you have to make an appointment through online. I'm like, all right, well, fine. I look in the I look at the appointments. The first one that shows up is December 27th. Oh, this oh. was this would have been the 19th. This would have been the 19th that I'm asking for this. Uh, um, so then I was like, all right, here's my plan. I'm going to, if I don't feel well the next day, I'm going to call out sick, basically. Because I am sick. I don't, I, I, I got a lot better this afternoon after I took a nap, to be honest with you, and took care of myself for the rest of the day. But, but um, I definitely was still like in chills mode this morning and all of that so hmm. after i get off the phone with um with my work i'm like all right it's 6 45 7 o'clock ish now the local clinic opens at eight there's no sense in going back to sleep because i'm just gonna wind up waking up again because i want to be one of the first ones there because clearly there's precedent that they run out at some point so i go i go get gas it's about 7.15, and the gas place is by, not that much far away from the clinic. I'm like, eh, let me swing over there. I just want to make sure there's, like, not a big line because of the scare. Yeah. I go there. There's, like, 12 people already online at 7.15 to wake up to open at 8 a.m. So I'm like, ah. Well, I, I just went, and I just stood on that line for 45 minutes until they opened. In the cold it was like 26 degrees outside i don't think a lot of people have the patience to do that nor i had already called out from work imagine if i didn't mm. i'd have to leave the line and say i have to go to work yeah this is why the shutdown needs to happen because in new york at least because if if you let businesses do what they want they're not going to do the right thing i'm lucky i called out because if not i would have definitely been going to work and if i did test positive for covid guess what everyone in work was going to have it too trusted businesses right you did you did because uh, like tr tr trusting businesses to do the right thing is like trusting vincent man with your contract <laughs> right so but but even like to, let's take a, let's take out though the fact that uh you know that i did wind up testing negative and i don't have covid i it looks like it was just the cold which by the way someone in the office that was sick i'm totally blaming them tomorrow about it um 45 minutes in 26 degree weather i mean someone that might not have had a cold might have got it just from standing on that line very true and then you wonder and then you wonder like is it a cold or is it covid so that's why i don't accept that the government's like well, we're going to fight this by offering more testing. I'm like, but you're not saying how hard it actually is to get the test right now. But 
but and you're not saying that also that it takes if it if it's not the rapid test then it takes about two or three days before it gets back to you right Go ahead, but, that's, but that's one of the things that you know they were saying early on with the omicron variant is it is kind of disguised as a cold and if you go and it's like it's just a cold, it's just a cold, but if you have like symptoms that would be a cold and then maybe there's more to it, then maybe you have it. I I, I don't know. That, that's Basically, I mean, the thing is this. Is... No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, if, if you have cold-like symptoms, basically, they, they, you probably should get a test, but the key is making it easy to get tests. Um and for example, uh, New Brunswick, we had several locations where you can just go and pick up rapid tests for free and just take them home. And you can get like a family pack, which is like 25 tests, or you can get a, a standard pack, which is five tests for, per individual. Uh, and I brought mine with me from New Brunswick and uh, tested twice since I've been here because I had a scratchy throat a few times. It was just air, uh, so negative. Uh, and I tested twice uh, back in like October because I had a head cold. Um, but I have one test left here, and I was like wondering, does Ontario have a place to get rapid tests? And they didn't. And it was like the Maritimes, which were the smallest part of Canada, the, the east coast of Canada. It's the smallest part. I said it before. It's like three million people in three provinces. And uh, compare that to Ottawa here that I live in is 1.5 million people itself, just one city. And then there's Toronto, which is like the New York of Canada. It's massive, uh, millions upon millions of people. And you're and you don't have access to rapid tests. Well, Ontario announced that they're actually, <laughs> of all places to put them, uh, they are distributing rapid tests. And the places that were distributing them at first. Uh, is actually the liquor stores. <laughs> so, so uh, the uh, the liquor store uh, you know, all over Ontario, liquor stores now have rapid tests, and then they're rolling them out to clinics and they're all this kind of stuff where you can pick them up for free. But uh, having those on hand, like like you would like a band aid or something like that, is going to be really important until this thing is over. Well, I just ordered something that they were promoting about getting a test sent at home. Now, I will say this, the at-home test, even though, again, even though you could have just bought them in the store, and I know that they existed, existed here and apparently sold out almost immediately in the last three or four days, mm -hmm. um, it's not like you get the results the same day. So you're left with still the same problem that I mentioned in the first place, is that, again, if it's a Sunday, you send it out, so you're not going to know till Tuesday or Wednesday. Good luck, like having most people stay home because their work won't allow them to. Yep, yep. and and that's, that's why, and, and that's why rapid tests are really important. Like, because uh, I, I got my results in 15 minutes with with a rapid test. Uh, they do have more false positives than uh, than because of the rapidness of it. But I I would rather have the fallback of more false positives and having to go get a PCR test than not testing myself at all and or having to wait, go and book a PCR test without a rapid test. So 
um, and the rapid tests are so easy to use. Like, you, you just put a you swab your nose, and you mix it mix together a little thing that they have in it, and you let it sit for two minutes, and then you drop it onto a little thing that um, it, it looks like a pregnancy test. Uh, but if it's one line, you are um, you're negative. If it's one line in another area, you're positive. If it's two lines, you messed up the test. Uh, and it's, 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 it's very, very simple to do. Like, uh, it, it's so easy. Uh, and it, it brings kind of, um, peace of mind. Like if you start feeling like kind of sick, you can just use it. Of course. Yeah. And, and uh, that, I think if we have those, I think the eventual goal is to roll them out everywhere in Canada. And again, it's free for us because of our healthcare. Um, so you just go pick one up, and having a, a few of those on hand um, is probably one of the things that is going to make this a lot easier to get out of. Now, I will say this: that in New Jersey, I was able to get one out for free. I don't know. I put the order in this afternoon, Bill. I don't know if Maryland's doing this. Same thing or not, I have no idea. But it's at least offered in New Jersey where they'll send you sign out if you fill out the form. And yes, to my knowledge, it's free. It's any cost to it, yeah. Mm. Th th thankfully, the vaccines are free in the U.S. as well. Um, like that, that, that has been a good call from the government. Goes but to show they they can do universal health care if they wanted to. <laughs> but, even, but even so, that's I still the, the same problem. The way they have you do it, because I was reading through it, is you, I guess, get on the phone with someone that is on their number or whatnot and then you do the test and then you send it out and then they're like and you'll have your results in 48 to 72 hours that's the problem right there yeah. because if that's the case everyone's just gonna wait until friday to do it and i don't even know if saturday and sunday counter date as days like as part of the work days I right say. business days because otherwise people are gonna be like oh well i don't can't take off work or i'll take off one day so I'll just wait and do it on Friday, even though they were sick the entire week. Mm -hmm. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That's why I'm, like, shut down. And like I said, I'm watching um, Governor Hochelle, who took over from Governor Cuomo in New York, and she's like, we're going to fight this aggressively. Like, yeah, shut down. That's how you fight this stuff aggressively. Mm -hmm. Shut you don't give me more fucking mask man because i'll tell you right now she did the mask she put in a mask mandate on new york earlier this week and i got news here. it doesn't look like it worked or people didn't do it because we're in the worst spot that we are in right now and yet you all you want to do is sit there and try to make sure the businesses get saved it's sickening I actually, also, she's just not great at delivery. I, 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 it de definitely made me miss Cuomo watching her thing tonight. And I think this you is know, the first time I've ever seen her speak, speak, to be honest with you. Because why else would she have spoken? Everything else was under control up until this week. The, the, with, the whole... with the stuff that Cuomo did, by the way. Mm. I, she didn't really have anything to do with it. And de Blasio, I guess, in, in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being the mayor uh, of New York City. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, keeping the businesses open and stuff like that. It's like, well, there's going to be no one to buy from the businesses if more people start dying. Yeah. Right. 
I, I mean, not not. And then those, it's, it's a cynical, cynical but it's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's time, I guess, that, that for there can always be a change of mind here at any day at the rate we're going. But, mm. but that's what got me so mad. Is it's it's almost like saying yes, I'm gonna do. It's like I say the bit. If like I said to Bill, Bill, I'm going to help you move from your house to your new to a new house. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do everything that I can to help you move from one place to the other. Then right. all I do is carry one lamp from one place to the other, and then I leave for the day. <laughs> that explains why you didn't show up to help me move to Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was at sea when you were moving, actually. Yeah, yeah, you, you actually were, yeah. In the middle of the ocean. You, you, well, you know, that would prevent you from helping me. <laughs> uh, well, the whole being in another country thing, too. Yeah. Right. Um, also, other news I want to bring up because they're not, not wrestling news, but news that I, I thought was interesting since I'm, all I've been doing was watching news and trying to nap, trying to get better. Uh, Donald Trump admitted he got the booster now. Did you guys see that? I did read that. I did not. Wow. Okay. Good. Well, hopefully that will help convince his followers. Jeez. He got booed. Probably not. He got booed. Yeah, he got booed for it. <laughs> you reap what you sow. Um, so, yeah, that happened. And then, and like Bill said about the about Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Excuse me. Um I'm trying to think what else. There's sports games that were pushed back or canceled or something like that. A lot yeah, of, I know that happened. A lot of uh, hockey and basketball, they've had games postponed. And the NFL, they had to postpone three games this week. Uh, one is being or going to be played uh, in about a half hour or so. And two are going to be played on Tuesday. So there's a lot of, like, backing up, delaying, postponing. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. I'm going to assume that no no wrestling promotions have talked about this at this point. It's still too new for them. Uh, it, yeah. I, yeah. Like, there hasn't been a whole lot. Um, I, I assume responsible indie promotions have already been doing the mask mandates and stuff like that. Um, but... I, I, I guess the I really would expect a response from is New Japan at first. Uh, Ring of Honor isn't running right now, so uh, the uh, uh, New Japan... And, and, uh, well, I, I think they'll be back in April, but in a very different way. But uh, I, th I think we're done, and, and then we're going to say, I get to say that Impact officially outlived Ring of Honor. Which makes me very sad. For all those TNA... That makes me very happy for all those TNA well, well, old people. <laughs> well, uh, it's like it's just I'd be sad if Ring of Honor died. That's all uh, because uh, I mean, I they're deserved it. I should have said it for during the Rumble episode we did. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, and I know you have a particular dislike for them because, especially from the Bully Ray situation. Um, but yeah, the I. They're a part of why I'm a wrestling fan, so I'd be very sad. Uh, while well, I'm still a wrestling fan, I should say. 
um, because when WWF was sucking so badly after WCW died, uh, and I discovered the indies, and that was where the wrestling I liked was still happening. But uh, and anyways, in in that case, in any case, um, as far as wrestling promotions go, uh, New New Japan in Japan has uh, put like a there's like a 30 day quarantine or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the foreign talent all went to Japan to do the quarantine for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, it was very questionable whether or not they were actually going to be able to pull off what they wanted to do, but they did. And uh, but that said, uh, uh, attendance restrictions are going down because there are like single double-digit cases in Tokyo right now because of how they've handled the pandemic, and. They're very, very slow to reopen everything. They're very slow to allow cheering again and those kinds of things. Um, so I, I really think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how New Japan and Japan as a whole, as a country, handles this. Um, their cases are astronomically low right now. Um, and hopefully they stay there and things can be more back to normal there. But uh, they seem to be more willing to shut stuff down. Um, I, I don't know. More willing to re- they're also more, more willing to restrict us from going. Yeah. Me in the United yeah. States. Yes. Yeah, uh, like there's there's pretty much no... Tra- like if you travel to Japan right now, you have to quarantine for 30 days. Like that's... And I think like, the, wow. A lot. And I think you also have to have like a work visa as well. I yeah. You you have to have a work visa or be a a, a, a permanent resident. Um, so oh, like so someone you can't just, like Bill can't visit right now. Like right. Bill can't even if he did thirty days, they'd be like fuck off, Bill. You can't come. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's why guys like uh like uh like some of the foreigners who who work in New Japan have the work visa, so they're they're allowed to go. Um, but yeah. Uh, they're they're very strict, but being strict is how you handle this thing. Like, there's there's no real room for half measures. And oh, people would say, oh well, Japan's not a free country. No, they are. They <laughs> are. They're they're a fully a democracy. They're a democracy. They they have all the same rights and freedoms as we do. Uh, but it's like yeah, I don't know what some some of these people's definition of free is like I was saying this on the other day like so under your ter- definition of, of free then I should be able to go and like uh, disrupt a baseball game just because I feel like it and like run around the field and nothing should happen to me because it's a free country right 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 and well what people saying that don't really even know what they're actually saying like like I, I had a guy try to tell me uh, tell me that Canada was not a free country. And I was, I was laughing. Like wow. I, I, it was like we have, and this is done by like international studies about political corruption. We're one of the least politically corrupt countries on the planet. Uh, we still have it. We still have it. Uh, some politicians spend money as they shouldn't and things like that. But uh, we're a democracy. We're uh, we vote for who our representatives are. Uh, we we have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. We have well, it's called freedom of expression here. Um, 
which is actually more comprehensive than freedom of speech because uh, yeah, see, uh, freedom of speech here, freedom of speech don't know what that means either yeah, for, well, freedom of speech ends with with your mouth, whereas freedom of expression actually ends with your actual beliefs and your thoughts. Uh, you're you're allowed to, uh, you have that freedom as long as long as it doesn't infringe on human rights. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, people also don't understand freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Uh, <laughs> like, if you say if you go up and threaten the prime minister of Canada, you're going to get arrested. Yeah. Then you can you can claim you have the freedom to, to say that, but you're not free from the consequences of those words. Um, but yeah, the uh, but all that said, there are more free countries than the United States, and uh, Canada is one of them. The United Kingdom, Australia, many European countries. Um, it's like we need to uh, enlarge our understanding of freedom because. When we walk into shutdowns like Japan is doing, uh, people say it infringes on my freedoms. Well, not really. You're still free to live. You're still free to vote. You're still free to go to the grocery store. You're still free. This is emergency measures in a pandemic. It is not the same as uh, the government telling you everything you're la- you you can do. Yeah. Right. So I guess as we sort of conclude here in a little bit, um, I want to talk about the political aspect of things because, well, at least for the United States, you know, I, this is going to be a tough hill now, I think, for President Joe Biden. Because, because so right now I'm thinking if there was a vote right now, unless it was Donald Trump, I'm pretty sure the Republican would win. Yes. And the only reason it's not Donald Trump is because people remember what that was like with him during the COVID pandemic. Um, but I think anyone else would absolutely win. Uh, and I don't, or if Biden did not, not win and um, Kamala Harris ran, I don't think she would have a shot in hell, especially from what I saw. Um, like, I don't know. It just seems like she's... What about Canada? When is your next election? And do we you just think that one. person is... Oh, okay, so they're there now for the long haul. So it's not even like people are thinking like, mm, we need a new change in leadership at this point. Well, not not necessarily. Uh, the system in Canada is a little complex right now um, because previously we had a minority government. So uh, I think we had an election in like 2017. Uh, or uh, no, uh, 2019, 2019. Sorry. sorry. And we had another one this year because uh, so how it works here is um, the number of seats in parliament, you have to occupy a certain number of seats to form a majority government. If you don't have those number of seats, you have a minority government, meaning you don't have the full power of parliament behind you. Um, and so it's divided between the remaining parties, not evenly, but it's divided between the remaining parties. And so in order to pass any bill and do anything, you have to gain the approval of the other parties in order to do it. So uh, the conservatives are the opposition and they hold the next uh, close to uh, the next highest amount of seats. 
And then there's the NDP and the Bloc Quebecois, as you heard me talk about them before. Uh, and they, they also make up the rest of the seats, pretty much. And then I think there's one or two Green Party seats. Um, so right now, what ended up happening was the Liberals decided they wanted to do a power grab and try to get a majority uh, to squeeze one out uh, in October. And... So they called an election, and we went to the voting polls three weeks later because our election campaigns are only three weeks long, three three to six weeks at the most. Um, we voted, and they ended up with a liberal minority government again. So it did nothing. It changed absolutely nothing. It's, it's exactly the same. Uh, and so right now, they're talking with the NDP about forming a coalition government, which would give them a majority. Um, but we're not really theoretically, we could have an election again next year, uh, one year from now, if uh, Parliament loses confidence in the Liberals' ability to govern, an election will be called, and we'll have another one back to the polls again. Um, so if. If we get a majority government, it's four years. It's four years to the next election. Uh, if we don't, ha- if we don't have one, it can be pretty much an election at any time. Okay. Uh, so, before we go, just want to give, give some plugs here. Bill, we have eliminated a Royal Rumble podcast five episode run that. That's currently happening. We just had aired NWA TNA, and then in two weeks we have the. It, it's, it runs every other week. Then the next one is the Royal Tag Team Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Then the Honor Rumble. If you really want to hear me bash on Ring of Honor, that's the one to listen to. Um, <laughs> and then we have the Watch 2022 Watch Along of the 2022 first, first Royal Rumble, and then we ended off with the second Royal Rumble for WWE. Uh, you were going to say something, Josiah, to defend Ring of Honor. Uh, not, not to defend Ring of Honor, uh, but uh, so um, the TNA one, that was uh, with Sam, right? Yes. Daily DDT. Okay, and uh, the Honor Rumble was with Bruce from Daily DDT as well. Yes. Yeah, uh, I hope that, that worked out. My recommendations worked out well for you guys with those guys. Um, they... They're really good people, Uh, but for the Honor Rumble, I was there live for that show in the Madison Square Garden one. So I remember, uh, I remember the Honor Rumble vividly. Um, I hated the ending uh, because the happy ending would have been Jushin Thunder Liger winning. But anyways, Uh, but so no defense there, although. Uh, on tape, it doesn't come across. Minoru Suzuki coming out to Kazanin Array live was one of the best experiences I've ever had as a wrestling oh, yeah. fan. And uh, when Great Muda came out, I lost my mind. As a, uh, like I, I marked out so hard. Uh, and I know he can barely move now and all that, but it was like, it's the Great Muda! It's <laughs> Muda! So, uh, I, I was screaming at the top of my lungs when he came out. And uh, I love Toru Yano. That's That's all. Oh, I can't hear Jim's thoughts on that. That was the worst thing of that entire thing. That whole him and Cabana, I was like, it made me actually hate Cabana by the end of that. Uh, this and then I was, and I think I mentioned, I mentioned how like, look, if you went, if I made a rise and fall of Ring of Honor, this would definitely be on the full part. And I did mention, and I'll stick to this. I think that was one of their last significant shows. 
shows that they ever put on, and they dropped the ball. Oh, yeah. And they absolutely oh, they, dropped they, the ball. They, they 100% With their first match, the they dropped the ball. The, with their the first undercard, match, that was With the honorable, you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that was the first match. That was appreciated. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I can tell you this much without going into full detail. I just, my main thing after that was like, you know what? If this was me checking this out for the first time, there's no way in hell I would buy this event by watching the, the pre-show. The New Japan side of the show was really good. Um, the New Japan and Ring of Honor together part was generally good. Uh, but Ring of Honor's own stuff really fell short on that one. Okay. I think Bill has a little bit of contradictions to that. I think Bill is defending the Ring of Honor part, if I remember. But that's going to be coming in a few weeks. Yeah, there were a couple. And then we have the twenty, and then the twenty twenty two WWE Royal Rumbles, which I have zero confidence in. The way that I figure is, after this five episode run, the uh, NWA TNA one is going to be the highlight of the five episodes. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> well, hey. It's TNA, so you get the LOL TNA part of it. But that was an eventful rumble, that that one, uh, that TNA did uh, with Ken Shamrock winning. But you'd have to check it out on on, on all of your podcasts. And what about the true star? And what about your the true star, Toby Keith? Toby Keith, yeah, the yeah. star. <laughs> he was. He was. He, no one else got more over than he did. So, yeah, that's eliminated back for a final summary. All you need to know about TNA, all you need to know about TNA is that Toby Keith was the star of that show. I was going to say all you need to know about TNA is they outlived Ring of Honor. That's what I thought you were going to say. Bill, what do you think, before we get final plugs, what do you think Joe Biden's going to do in the next 48 hours? What do you, if anything, maybe he leaves it to the States. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to do anything. Honestly, he might, be, I think the state might be planning his, you know, Christmas break in Delaware. Is that where he's going for Christmas? That's what I thought I heard. Oh, maybe I'm, so, I'm sorry. I don't keep up with Joe Biden's Christmas plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think what's going to happen is the states are too divided right now. I mean, at one point I heard Texas was like, it wasn't Ted Cruz saying like they're going to succeed or something like that. Yeah, I've heard succeed. that before. So, Texas um, says that, Texas says that if you sneeze in their direction. <laughs> so I don't know. I think we're too divided right, right now as, as far as the states in the United States that I think what he's going to do is he's going to just say, put on your masks and where he can and do the vaccine mandate where he can, which I believe is only for anything with public employees. Yeah. I think that's all that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I think we're leaving up to the States and I'm begging please for our New York governor to make us stay home. That's all I ask. So, so uh, from an outsider's perspective, I agree. Uh, I agree with what you said um, for Canada. I expect we're going to, lock down our borders again uh soon it's not it's not going to happen right away but i do expect it is going to happen and uh i ex- yeah. we might we might go straight back to lockdown we're we're 
If these cases keep rising the way they are, there's a very real chance each province will go back to lockdown. The provinces will make that choice, but the federal government may strongly encourage it as well. Um, we're, we're not as opposed to it here as, as it would be in many of the U.S. parts of the U.S. Um, Alberta would be. Alberta is Texas North, so that they would uh, they would be opposed to it. But uh, as for the rest of the country, uh, where we're a little bit more sane, um, I wouldn't be shocked if we follow Quebec suit uh, in Ontario, and uh, other provinces will probably follow suit after that. As soon as Ontario says we're locking down, the rest of the country will lock down more than likely. Oh, well, they have that much power that they everyone wants to just follow them. Uh, Ontario, Ontario is the the most population in the country, and and we also have a conservative premier. So if he shuts down, which he's trying to avoid at all costs, but if he actually shuts everything down, Doug Ford, uh, he's the brother of Rob Ford, uh, the fellow who was the insane mayor of Toronto a few years ago that was in the news every few weeks. Um, okay. uh, but, uh, yeah, he, he, if he decides to shut down, which he may, his hand may be forced, um, much of the rest of the country will probably follow. Um, the, it's not that they have that much power. It's just that that's probably just how it's going to go. Uh, like, uh, and, uh, I can see British Columbia shutting down before everyone else. Uh, they're, they're, um, more sane in that regard. Um, and honestly, uh, I could see the the Maritimes, especially Nova Scotia, shutting down before anyone else as well. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, there might be a federal mandate at some point. Um, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, I I don't think they want to do one, but they they may. Um, and uh, again, this isn't really a political thing here. Uh, it, it's more of what's best for public health. But at the same time, they, we have these premiers trying to keep the economy open and because it did hurt when we closed it down, and they don't want to do that. Um, so there's kind of a conflict of interest happening there. But I think in the end, I do believe that choosing what's best for people will win out. For you guys, you're saying. For us. Exactly. For us. Yeah, for you for guys. Us. Not for us. Let's be clear. Let's be no, clear about that. Yeah, not, let's be no, clear. Not for the United I, States. No, for Canada, I do think it will. Uh, for It usually does. Um, for the United States, I am very worried for my American yeah, friends. Yes. Um, but like I said, at the same time, so far, so good for me. I got a negative test as of today, so that's... Step in the right. Final plugs, everyone. So let's go, Josiah. What's going on with your life? You want to so, not playing, not playing any tales games. That's for sure. <laughs> no, that that. Uh, thankfully, now that I'm actually in my house, I can actually start to settle in. And uh, the whirlwind of adjusting to a new job and moving across the country uh, is now settling. So uh, I should be back to normal soon in that regard um i'm hoping to start a podcast at some point in the new year uh looking at retro wrestling stuff uh, since i'm going to be sitting in this house alone uh working from home for the most part except for on sunday mornings when i go to the church uh i will have a little bit more time on my hands in that regard so um you that may be happening soon 
what's what's the error or you don't know yet don't know yet i uh, haven't quite decided uh, I, I have a few ideas. I'm thinking about going back to Starcade 83 and just starting with all the major shows from the WWF and WCW from 83 onward until probably the mid-90s, maybe the Monday Night Wars, and then just go week to week with Raw and Nitro and something like that. Uh, and, and, so, and so, like, uh, do Starcade 83, and then, then you know, you, you do whatever WCW pay-per-views, and then switch back and forth between the WCW and WWF and uh, watch every Clash of Champions and every Saturday night's main event. Uh, so that I can follow the storylines leading into the pay-per-views. Uh, I don't need to watch, you know, 30 weeks of squash matches on WCW Saturday Night or Superstars. Uh, as much as I would actually enjoy some of them, uh, especially if it's like, you know, Ron Garvin going out there and just beating the other the utter crap out of a jobber, which is always a delight. Uh, or uh, Arn Anderson breaking a guy's leg in the ring or something like that. <laughs> Uh, and I'll, I'll uh, keep like a, a companion thing open, like uh, one of the pro wrestling wikis about to keep track of the major angles. And so I'll watch the major angles. But um, yeah, really not uh, going to focus more on the Clash of Champions and uh, and WCW pay-per-views or NWA pay-per-views at the time. And, uh, and Saturday night's main event and the WWF pay-per-views. Uh, I think that could be really fun. Um, and then when I'm into the mid '90s, switch over to the weekly TV. Okay. All right. And as far as I go, that's podcasting on Instagram and Twitter. That's podcasting.com. Like I said, we have eliminated Royal Rumble podcast going on right now. Bill learns Kingdom Hearts comes back in March. Bill, why don't you give your final plugs and let's get out of here? All right. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. You guys can also follow me on Instagram at MrBilliam85. Uh, check out that wrestling show. This week is our last episode of the year. Going to take a nice little winter break and relax from the holidays. And a quick plug. This week is my 200th episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where myself and my friend Fro, we review 200. Thank you all very much for listening to another edition of Wrestling with COVID. Hope you all stay safe and have a good holiday season.